Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You look shit. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob J. Hayes. Hello. That's Rob J. Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm Rob J. Hayes. I'm author of uh, books like uh, Spirits of Vengeance. There you go. And Michael R. Fletcher. Hey, that's me, Michael R. Fletcher, author of the Obsidian Path series, book three of which is coming out by May. Nice. So fucking buy it. I'm stealing my release times, man. What? Oh, well, I always try and, you know, try and I just want to ride your train. Rob. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, What's funny enough, about? I actually, uh, I, I spoke to Will White the other day. I'll just drop that one in there. Uh, nice and uh, he, he actually said, like, he thinks it's a good idea to um, release a book, like, at the same time or a week after a a bigger author has released a book why does um, he think that because uh it, it's about sort of like having that um that, that interest that in books you know if, if someone like a uh, brandon samson has just released a book people are like oh reading that and then they'll you know they'll finish that and then they'll be like i need to pick up another book that makes sense that you kind know, of they're, yeah they're, I can they're, see they're, that. In the, they're in the feel i need to read so they're trying yes. to look for something else after they've just finished whatever and probably he's um, bringing the bigger author is bringing in like a lot of extra eyeballs to the Kindle store or the bookshop or wherever it is. Exactly, so exactly. You're getting that. Free so I asked Will when he was releasing his next book, and he didn't tell me. Fucker. Nice. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So today's episode comes from uh, a listener, Miles, who asks, "Enjoy the discussion and the review of 2021. Burnout is tough. Maybe you guys could do a follow up on this topic. So I thought that today we could do an episode about dealing with burnout and writer's block." Um, so maybe a good way to start would just be defining what exactly we sort of mean by those things. And if there's a difference between burnout and, and writer's block. So let's start with uh, writer's block to begin with. What, what do you guys sort of define that as? What are your thoughts towards it? Yeah, it's writer's block is not something I've ever personally really dealt with. I, I see writer's block as like, I don't know what to write. I don't have any ideas. Um, Whereas burnout is like, I know what I'm supposed to write. I have all the ideas. I just don't fucking feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, that's how I would sort of personally define those two things. Writer's block I've never had because I have, I mean, I've got a bag of ideas that even now I will never get through. And there's like literally new ones every day. Um, so I can't really imagine 
writer's block, but burnout I, that I, I am familiar with. Intimately familiar with. Rob, would you add anything to that definition or do you think that's pretty much nailed it? Um, I pretty much agree. I, I, I do think, I can't remember what it was. I, I, I read an article on, on writer's block a while back. I personally, like Mike, I don't feel like I've ever experienced writer's block. I always have things to write. I'm like, Christ, I've got ideas going out there. Uh, I've got like another Mortal Techniques book I want to write and I've got an entire trilogy that's just waiting for me to write in about 10 years time and ah, all that lot. But um, no, the, the article I, I read on, on writer's book says there's different types. There's sort of like not knowing what to write, not having any ideas. Um, and then there's just the, this, this, I know what I want to write, but I just can't figure out a way into it. Um, and then there's, there's the, the, the weirdest type of writer's block, which is getting stuck in a, in a, in a, in a loop. So you basically, you, you know, you write like 20,000 words or whatever, and then you rewrite that 20,000 words and then you rewrite that 20,000 words. Um, so I think there might be different types of it, but. I, I don't have first-hand knowledge of writer's block, but yeah. Yeah, the, the sort of a, the second type there, I can kind of relate to where, you know, you have the idea, but you don't know how to get into it. Um, I mean, for that one, what I found seems to work is I just start writing. I just lob yeah. myself into it and it's awful, yeah. you know, and, and I'll write a chapter to, and just like brain blast it onto the, onto the page and knowing that's, you know, mostly shit and it's falling apart, you know, I'm missing most of the ideas and stuff, but you just, that act of just, fuck it, I don't care how bad it is, um, usually gets me past it. And then by chapter three, uh, it, it clicks again. And I'm like, I, okay, now I, now that I've written how not to get into this book, I know <laughs> how I need to do it. I think I'm, it's I'm literally doing moment. that at the moment. Um, like I'm, I've just started writing book five for the War Eternal, and I, I I've been putting it off for about a week because I'm just like, I know what I need to do. I know, I know where the it's going. I know all that. I just starting it feels like a big deal and all of that lot. So I uh, this week I just sat down and started writing it, and it went so slow. Oh god, it was like dragging the words out of me that first day. But uh, I've slowly been sort of like getting a bit quicker, writing a, a bit more each day, and and starting to to find the voice again, slip back into Eska's voice. Um, so yeah, it, it for me, it, like like you, it's like fuck it, just start and see where it goes. And it will yeah. probably be shit, and I'll probably need to rewrite that bit, but just start. I think you bring up an important point there, which is that a lot of the times I feel that when people are describing writer's block, it seems that what they're really describing is that I'm afraid that it, when I write it, it's not going to be as good as I imagine it will be in my head, and people are thinking you know, oh, I've got writer's block because I don't want to start it. But really what they're saying is like, yeah, it's going to be crap. And I think that Mike, you have kind of hit the nail on the head there when you were saying that the cure for writer's block is to just start and accept that it's going to <laughs> right be badly. really garbage. And yeah. because of you being able to get that garbage out of your system, that actually leads to the good ideas from there. Um, and I think the other thing, it was Joe Abercrombie who had a really great article about writer's block a, a few years ago where he was talking about how... Um, he likes to take kind of the magic and the mystique out of writing and treat it the same way that you would treat like laying bricks or fixing toilets or anything mundane like that. And he has a great article talking about how like plumbers don't get plumbers block where they're like, Oh, I'm just not feeling it today. I just don't feel like, you know, <laughs> unblocking this toilet for you. Um, so you're just going to have to live in a house that is like overflowing with sewerage or whatever. Like 
they get the job done. It might not always be pleasant um, and it might not always go perfectly well, but they just follow the process. They run the system and they get it done. And I think it's for me at least been really useful to try to take all the mystique out of writing and to not worry about the idea of like being inspired or the muse or all of these kind of nebulous concepts. And instead to treat it as like, you're just shoveling sand into a sand pit and it doesn't have to matter. This, this explains your... why you like Brendan Sanderson. <laughs> Ooh, damn, shots fired. That's, I won't get into that debate right now, but anyway. It's a good writing, idea, actually. Hmm. You, you basically, you set yourself the, the schedule, your schedule, and you just do it. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, I got I to gotta call horse shit on that. Really? It's an artistic process. It is not at all like unclogging a toilet. It, I you could know, not disagree is, more. I could not disagree it's, more. It's an artistic process. I mean, you you don't need to be, you know, infused with motivation every single moment. You have days where you don't feel like writing and you can you write anyway. And you just, you know, you soldier through those those days. But you know, if if uh if you're in these sort of like early stages of a book where you're where you're sort of figuring out character motivations and plot and stuff, and you're just not moved by any of it. To then go, okay, well, I'm just going to write it anyway. It's like, you're almost guaranteed to have, you know, a story that's just not moving. Like if, if it doesn't move you, why would it move the reader? Well, I think and that's less. Whereas a, a plumber can just go in and be like, I'm in a shitty fucking mood and then clog a toilet. Sure. And, you know, as a writer, like if I'm, if I'm in that brain space, I'm, I'm best off unclogging a toilet and not trying to write a book. I think it's worth the way I see it is it's sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you're in that position, when I'm saying like, you just need to follow the process. I don't mean that you should just write through that moment. I think that if you find yourself in the position where you are not enjoying the story that you're writing and you're not feeling compelled to write it, following the process in that instance does not mean just trying to pump out your word count for that day, but it means asking yourself, how can I make myself excited to write this story again? And maybe dedicating your hour of writing time that day to outlining or going on a walk and thinking about it or brainstorming different ways that you could approach this story rather than just completely giving up and not focusing on it at all. That would be my right. thoughts I, on. Yeah. I mean, but that's idea. completely unlike unclogging a toilet where the plumber doesn't go, you know what? I'm not really feeling this. So part of my hour unclogging your toilet is going to be going for a walk. Like your meta <laughs> metaphor falls apart really quickly. It, right? it does, but it, it's, which means it's a shitty metaphor. I think it's more about just the the doing the job. You know, you okay. So a, a a plumber is is working from nine to five or whatever. Okay, that's more like an office hours. But you know, so well, for me, what that that would mean was just like work nine to five. You know, work your hours, whatever hours you have that you're working. Sit down and work them. Maybe they are writing. Maybe you're like, okay, I've sat down on the keyboard. And we're doing this thing. Or maybe it's just like okay, I need to think, figure out who this character is in my head and do a bit of dreaming or whatever, you know. But it's just the, instead of making excuses going, oh, I'm just not feeling it. I'm going to go, you know, play on a fucking computer game or whatever. You you do the work, basically. You, you get in there and you you do the work, whatever the work for that day entails. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I would think about that. And I think it is, you do bring up a good point, which is that if you're not enjoying the story that you're sitting down to write, especially early on, it probably isn't because you need to fix something like within your own motivation or whatever, but it's because like there's something broken with your story and you need to rejig it. So writer's block can actually be a very useful warning sign that your story needs to be improved in some sort of way. Um, at least that's been my experience with it. Have you guys had like similar things with that regard? There's a human there. 
I know they exist. There's another <laughs> human in my house. It exists. Rob just had someone walk in the background. Our audio listeners will have no clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah, it was just Vicky came in and stole something out of my office and ran away. Nice, nice. Sorry, what was the question? Um, oh, I was just, uh, we can probably move on to talking about burnout, but uh, I was just saying how like, um, yeah, writer's block can actually be useful in a sense because it can make you question whether the story is good enough as it is or whether you should kind of go back to the drawing board a bit and and sort of revisit it. Have you guys had experiences oh, God, yeah. like that where you've you've been blocked and you're like, ah, oh, I need to force myself to work harder. And then you realize, hang on a second, it's not actually about me trying to work harder. It's about trying to re- <laughs> This book is shit, I should scrap yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I've been there many times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's the pretty much the entire thing that happened with uh, with the lessons never learned the first time I wrote it. I just, I was, it felt like I was had resistance the entire way through. Like the characters were fighting back, and I just, you know, I was like, oh, what do I do? I, I wasn't sure in my head what I should do, and then you know, I just thought, tell what, I'll just push through and see, you know, at some point it will all start to make sense. And it never fucking did. It turned out it was a shit book. <laughs> so I scrapped it and started again, and it was much better. Yep, exactly. Worked out super well. Um, any last thoughts on writer's block before you move on to sort of burnout and stuff? I feel like we've sort of set our piece on that. Um, yeah, so burnout, burnout. Uh, Mike, you kind of defined that before as like writer's block is when you don't exactly know what the next kind of step of your story is or you feel like you're prevented from taking the next scene or writing the next scene down or whatever whereas burnout is more you know what you want to do next and you have a roadmap in your head but you just don't feel motivated uh to do it so yeah i guess like wh- what are some of the like the worst experiences of of burnout that that you guys have maybe faced and then how did you sort of deal with that or how did you kind of manage it i think it's more than just sort of like not being able to get started i think with burnout at least the experience that i had it, the idea it got to the point where the idea of sitting down to write was starting to exhaust me and it was starting to fill me with dread um which you know was turning this thing that i love to do into something that i was kind of scared of and just didn't want to and just trying to find excuses not to and all of that mm. lot it was you know it's quite scary because because mm. you live you go am i ever going to get the love for it back again or yeah yeah all of that lot um so I, th- I think there's a lot more to it than just like not knowing you know how to how to start or not having the, the energy to start it's just this it, it gets to the point where yeah you're you're physically exhausted just thinking about doing it um and that was what burnout sort of hit with me i was basically just working too hard i think <clears throat> i you know I'd, I'd not taken a break in like over a year and I was just trying to work um, harder and harder, faster and faster, you know, trying to say like, okay, I, I, yesterday was a really good day. I got like 6,000 words done today. I can do 7,000. And uh, it was lunacy basically. And I just ran myself into the ground and the very thought of trying to get back to, to working, to writing was just exhausting. Yeah. Um, the self-imposed expectations can be like a, a weird it's crushing even though it's you doing it to yourself uh like i was working you know full-time and writing and I, ha- I had this expectation that i still needed to put out dead minimum a book a year and what i was trying to do was like a book every 18 months you know while doing family and full-time job and stuff as well 
Um, and so I had to write and I had to like write fairly fast. Um, and what kind of, I think what happened was I, um, I, I'd have an idea and I'd start writing it without really understanding the characters, any of the motivations, the world building was sort of sloppy. So I didn't have like, I never had a solid image how it was taking place. And I'd get 30,000 words into the novel. And at that point it fell apart because I didn't know what any of the characters wanted. The novel would suck. And so I'd toss it and be like, oh shit, that was bad. I just wasted a ton of time. Uh, I'd start another novel uh, again without sort of like understanding what it was actually about without understanding the characters. I'd write 30,000 words of that. And so I did that ah, fuck, four times in a row. Uh, so we're talking about 120,000 uh, 120, words of false starts. Yeah. Uh, like a near future science fiction novel, 30,000 words, uh, two or three attempts at um, the last manifest delusions novel. And this was back like 2017, I think. Uh, each one, like about 30,000 words. Uh, God, what was, there was another one. Oh, the second city of sacrifice. I think I started that twice before I finally went, okay, dude, stop. And, uh, removing those expectations and going like, okay, I don't have to write. I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to fuck around for a week or a month or however long it takes for me to sort of like calm the fuck down, um, was, was huge. But yeah, that, that I must do this. It must be done. It must mm. be done fast. Um, kind of just broke me. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I've been sat there. Like the, it's the, the weight of all the things that I have to write still, or, you know, essentially want to write still, but I'm like, I look at it, I think, okay, so I've got more mortal techniques books. I want to write. I've got uh, more, first earth books i want to write i've got the 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 last uh esca uh, war eternal book to write i've got you know the the second two books in the the god eater trilogy to write i've got all these things that i want to write and not enough time to you know sort of write them basically to to get to them and i uh i realized at the end of last year i thought i i had this sort of like idea in my head oh, i've had a bit of a lazy year i've not done much and then i was like I've written two and a half books. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> two and a half books, and my brain was telling me I was lazy. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Is that because you compare yourself to other authors who are putting out like five, six books a year? Or is that like something you think you would still struggle with even if you weren't aware of authors publishing that amount of, of volume? I think a big danger is comparing yourself to others. It's not so much people putting out other books, but like when I see, um, you know, another author post their daily word count or whatever on Twitter or sure. media group or whatever. And they're like, oh, I wrote 6,000 words today. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and especially when they're like a bit, a bit of a slow day, I can sometimes get to 10K and I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> um, and there's this, unrealistic expectation in, in my brain that i should be able to match that and that's bullshit you write at your own pace no matter what anybody else is writing at yeah. but it's this idea that if they if they can produce ten thousand words a day and i can't then i must be lazy mm. no, yeah, that's, that's not true part of it is is also it's how slow uh the process is mm. i mean even if you're blindingly fast and publish two books a year which is that's not super easy um, that still means there's six months in between those moments where you actually get to go, I have achieved something. Cause writing a book isn't yes. achieving anything. Writing a book is just like 
here you are. You haven't put anything out in six months. Like what the fuck have you been doing with your life? Dude, <laughs> you're a failure. You know, you've been working the entire time, but you haven't mm-hmm. actually released anything. So you haven't had that little endorphin moment of I have published a book. Yes. You know, and so, and if you're slower, if you're, if you're releasing a book a year, which is still like a really solid pace, um, that's a year in between those moments. You've got a, you've got mm. most of a year where you're thinking, what have I done? Yeah. And wondering whether people still know that you exist, and <laughs> whether people want to yeah. read your next book and everything. Um, well, that, that's a, another issue. Like the, mm. in the self-publishing industry, there is definitely this sort of like this idea that you have to be a shark. You have to keep moving. You have to keep publishing or you just fall out of the, 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 you know, the, the ecosystem of yeah. knowledge or whatever. Um, so there's definitely that sort of like that, that pressure. Um, and again, if you're doing it as your business, if this is what you do, you know, you're, you're right. That's, that's your job. There's also this idea of, well, I need to keep making money. What if my book stops selling? I need to release another book, which yes. means because then obviously when you release a book, that tends to be when you get your nice spike of, uh, of, of cash influx. Um, and then it will start tailing off um usually or it might just grow if you're really lucky yeah if you're lucky. so um yeah there's there's a lot of pressures that definitely come into it and there's it, it all builds and builds and builds to this idea of well i'll just have to keep working harder and harder and harder just keep getting more and more out yes which is a very dangerous mind space to get into and that's often what leads to burnout yeah on the note of comparison uh there's a quote from a book i read recently which i think is is really pertinent uh, and it goes like this if we only wanted to be happy, it would be easy, but we want to be happier than other people, which is almost always difficult since we think them happier than they are. That's from uh, this Charles de Montesquieu, writer, philosopher. I don't actually know how- That's a very fancy way of saying the grass is always greener on the other side. Yes, but I think that that is so important and relevant to keep in mind is like, we are, I think for most authors, as you progress throughout your career, you become in a lot of ways, like more productive than the person you were in previous years in a lot of cases. And maybe if not more productive, hopefully better at your craft and everything. And if we just focus on our own improvement and comparing ourselves to yesterday's version of Rob or Mike or Jed, it's in a sense kind of easy because you're controlling all the variables there. But when it gets difficult is when you start comparing, as you've mentioned, Rob, your productivity to how productive other people seem to be. And you know, you might not be understanding the full story of what's going into that for them. You know, it might not be really leading to them leading the kind of life that they want if they're absolutely burning out doing it themselves. So yeah, I think comparisonitis is just a huge thing to avoid in any area of life, but definitely with stuff like books where, yeah, there is a a lot of like public updates on people's progress. um, And it can be a bit disheartening when you're not feeling like you're following in the same cadence as other people out there. So yeah, don't compare. (laughs) Um, If I was to kind of sum up, so I wrote down a couple of dot points as we were talking about that. The kind of four things I would say to avoid burnout here, and I'd love for you guys to add to this if you have any others as well, is um, to kind of try to do less than you think you can in any given day. Um, It was Ernest Hemingway who had the practice of, he would stop his writing like halfway through a sentence or through a paragraph or whatever, Um, knowing what was going to come next, but not letting himself finish writing that thought for the day, because it means that when he comes back tomorrow, he can, uh, you know, start off where he, he left essentially. Um, And I found that pretty useful for me, like rather than, you know, writing all the way to the end of a chapter, if I know how it's going to end, 
just stopping like a little bit before the end of it so that the next day you can kick off with a bang and get that early win. Yeah. Funnily enough, David Dalgrish, I spoke to him about burnout the other day. He gave me the pretty much the exact same device. He said, you know, um, finish happy, start happy, basically. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's rather, rather than writing yourself into exhaustion and then you pick it up the next day and you're like, oh God, I'm exhausted again. Yes. Uh, you, you know, finish on a high note, start on a high note. Absolutely. That's something I've had to relearn a bit actually because I've I finished the edits for Siege of Trebleman recently and like towards the end of the editing progress uh, process because it was for a publisher so there was like an external deadline that wasn't movable. Um, I started like having to just put in more and more hours to try to get it out and like the kind of more hours that I put in, the less focused and efficient I would be in any one of those hours. So, you know, if you only have an hour to write in a day, you're like, great, I'm going to be hundred percent focused. This is awesome. But towards the end, I'd be having days where it's like four, five hours of editing. And you guys know how it is sometimes when you're editing, it's not the most appealing thing sometimes. So you're not as focused as you could be and you're a little bit slack. So it kind of leads to you just like burning all your energy to get this thing done. And it's only now that I'm going into outlining a new project that I have to remind myself, um, okay, like it's fine that you did 90 minutes today. You can stop. You can stop at this point. Like this is way less work in a time sense compared to what you're doing for the previous project, but it's actually going to get you further in the long term to have that. Um, which sort of brings us to the next point, which is like consistency is going to go a lot further in the long term rather than like redlining and maxing yourself out and then having to like dip as you recover back from that um and rob i think you you were talking about that a while ago where you're like you'd have uh the start of the week where you would be writing you know like four three thousand words or whatever and then sort of throughout the rest of the week it would start to go down a bit um yeah that, that was my what i should have i should have taken that as my uh, my warning for the burnout that was coming basically i was getting to the point where i was having like you know like uh two good days of a week and then three bad days and it, I, it, you know, when it got to the point where I was having more bad days than good days, I really should have taken a step back and gone, right, you need to, you know, fix yourself, basically, yes. uh, instead of just trying to blaze through it, because I was like, I want to get these books done. Um, so yeah, no, that, that was definitely a warning. I think that what you want to do is you want to find your flow. You know, mm. again, it's the not comparing to other people. But like, if you can comfortably hit if, you, if you've got an hour to write, and you can comfortably hit a 1000 words, do it but don't start trying to go i can do a thousand five hundred you know don't yes. start trying to push yourself a little bit a little bit more a little bit harder find your flow and stick to it it is worthwhile do like i think it is worthwhile trying to push yourself just from the perspective of, of trying to develop as a writer but it is also worthwhile being like once you find that point where you can't really go above it without getting the diminishing returns of the next day's writing being really bad or whatever then yeah that's that's where you stop um but yeah, if you yeah aren't writing as fast as you would like to be writing and you think you could be writing faster, I think it is worthwhile trying to push there. But yeah, the, I definitely agree with your point, which is that you got to find the rhythm that works for you and then yeah, try not to beat yourself up because it's not the same as what you, you think the right way is to write a book or, or whatever that is. Um, probably the other two ones, yeah, are like exercise is, I feel that's something we haven't really talked about heaps, but I know for me, like, going to the bouldering gym is really, really useful for kind of clearing my head and making me more focused when it comes to sitting down. I know, Rob, you go for your runs. Do you find that that makes a meaningful difference? I've just difference? come back from a run. I <laughs> ache everywhere. Nice. Ah, no, uh, it's good. Um, I, I, I find that, yeah, the exercise certainly helps it, you know, keeps 
blows away the cobwebs but it's also it, it's time where I can either listen to an audiobook and that sort of like switches off my mind a little bit or I can listen to music and I can dream um, and I quite often find that uh, I'll get back from a run and I'll have like a new idea or some yeah. you know like a, a scene that's in my that I've been wanting to sort of figure out has suddenly like popped into you know clarity in my mind or something like that so yeah no I, I definitely think that exercise is good because it it's good for your body but it also it, it helps to unfocus your mind and allow it to work on a sort of different level that healthy mind healthy body that's you know literally just the way it works and who doesn't love a good endorphin rush oh yeah that's what it's all about any yeah. other last comments before we kind of wrap this up and then i have an announcement that's very cool let's hear the very cool announcement the very cool announcement uh and if you've been listening to this every week you probably heard me suggest this like two months ago but it's finally official we now have a website for the podcast if you go to wizardswarriorswords.com you can check out this super snazzy website um that i have created recently that has links to all of our books on there um might add like some you know little bonus features on there potentially uh and yeah this is very much an interactive thing so if there's anything that is not on the website that you think would be cool to include on there just let us know and um yeah see what we can do so yeah, that's uh, that's the new exciting announcement. We have a website, wizardwarriorswords.com. Link is going to be down below as well if you want to check that out. Um, yeah, hurrah. You can leave comments. You can send us comments uh, on it. Yes, you can send us comments. I'm not <laughs> uh, sure if there's a comments feature <laughs> for the post. I'm sure yeah. there was a little thing on the side which said like record a comment or something. Actually, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that is an awesome feature. Thanks for reminding me. So the really cool thing about this website is that you can send us a voice message through the website. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on the show or you have some feedback or you just want to insult one of us for some weird reason, um, all you have to do is go onto that website and then there will be a link to leave a voice message. And if we think it's cool, we might even play it on the show. So if you want to yeah, have your voice on the Wizards, Warriors and Words Airwaves. Then that's, that's an excellent idea. Any, we can do another one of the, the game show things. Anyone who, who lit, literally hates any of our books, yes. feel free to send your one-star reviews in your own voice and we'll play them and then try to figure out which book it is. That actually <laughs> sounds sick. <laughs> I'd be so uh, up for that. <laughs> gluttons for punishment. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, always up for uh, taking the piss out of ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, sick. So that's, that's a cool announcement. Uh, go check out the website. Uh, thank you everybody for listening or watching and we will see you next week. Bye everybody. Ciao. Bye.